What if I told you that we create our reality and that the power of our thoughts create our reality, whether we're conscious of it or not, and that we create our reality not in a metaphorical sense, but that we build our perceived reality. The reality we see around us is a visual representation which our conscious mind perceives. So reality referring to what is actually happening independently of anyone's perceptions or beliefs or emotions, etc. And experience refers to the way in which a particular individual perceives, processes and reacts to reality. Our expectations and assumptions and moods, etc. shape our world into a unique personal experience. By recognising and removing the limiting beliefs that keep us from changing ourselves and the world, we move from a place of suffering to joy. If we say that we often participate in creating our reality, being responsible to what happens to us and being responsive to what happens, there is a distinction. The view that we participate recognises that we're not helpless victims, that unseemly things happen, but we often have more choice than we realise over how we deal with what happens to us, including our attitude about it. Some may say indignantly, I didn't create this reality, I wouldn't choose it, and I wouldn't be so stupid to have created what I'm suffering from. The concept that we create our reality, whether it be pain or joy or by self-belief, moves us from victim and blame into our authentic power. Clearly, there are many factors involved that make us the person we are. Nutritional, psychological, social, environmental forces that surround us, how we see ourselves, our self-verification and the feedback that we receive from others affects our self-concept and esteem. Nevertheless, the miraculous power of our thoughts shape reality. If you believe it, it is so. We create our own worlds. Our piece of life within the situation it finds itself can alter the future outcome depending on the choices we make. But overall the landscape of life keeps on changing. Collectively we are attuned, albeit unconsciously, to one another. So we are affected by what happens to us. It's what we do with it and with our feelings and thoughts that can either keep us trapped in a cycle of suffering or move us into an area in reality of freedom, both physically and spiritually. Today I will be talking to a very positive and inspirational lady who has been a practitioner of yoga and meditation for 40 years. Her keen interest in religion, philosophy and psychology began at a very young age 
and 20 years ago she discovered the author Jane Roberts who channeled the discarnate energy personality of Seth, a union which lasted 21 years and has shaped the foundation of self-help books across the entire world. Discovering Jane Roberts and other prominent inspirational authors changed the course of my guest's life for the better, and so she began her research into consciousness and the mind-body connection. Three years ago, she developed mind-body connection therapy and has been passionately teaching it ever since, running workshops from beginners to advanced on how your thoughts and emotions affect your body. I welcome to the program Sushil Basudev. Welcome, Sushil. Hello, how are you? Hi, Diane. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on the program, Sushil. Oh, thank you for asking. Now, I know that you began meditating and practicing yoga at a very young age, and you had an interest in learning about philosophy and psychology and religion. So would you say that this is um, this was an innate part of you, Sushil, or was it something that was instilled into you from your family and your environment and upbringing? It might have been my environment, Diane, because you know that I was born in India and, uh, and religion is kind of a part of life there. But I was quite young when I left. And when we came to Ireland, well, we, the our nearest temple was 100 miles away and we never really went. So okay. it, it's kind of it's kind of environment, I suppose, in a sense, because my mom was just whatever we did at home. That's all, really. So, so your family, if you like, you were already um, you were already used to yoga, meditation. So it was a natural progression for you to go on to do the work that you did, and you become a teacher of yoga. And how long have you been teaching? Um, actually, yoga and meditation, I didn't take up till after I was married. It was interest in um, religion, philosophy, psychology, etc. before uh, before that. Uh-huh. But, but I've been teaching, I think, for the last over 10 years or something, yoga. But I've done it all my life, basically. So, so obviously, you've got this very strong mind, body, spirit kind of concept idea, haven't you, from from obviously knowing and understanding meditation and yoga. Yeah, I think this kind of came naturally, basically. Yeah. Tell us about the therapy that you teach, Sushil, and how that originated. Atifa teach mind and body uh, connection therapy. It originated about uh, only about three years ago, actually, but what I've been practicing for about uh, 20 years now. There was a group of us used to go to these um, events uh, in uh, Jasmine. And one day there was a there was somebody coming to talk about uh, you create your own reality, and I nice. thought, yeah, right. You know, I mean, I'm from India, you know, and we have loads of gods and goddesses and the system of karma helping us. Yes. But when I heard about it, Diane, oh my gosh, I just absolutely flew home and I wrote mm. a poem, and that was May 1999, and to this day I've never looked back. 
Really? So what was it about the Seth material? Because it's a collection of writing, wasn't it, isn't it? That was dictated by Jane Roberts, who's the author, mm -hmm. dictated to her, to her late husband from late 1963 until her death in 1984, mm -hmm. whereby she channeled a discarnate entity named Seth. And Seth's teaching, his teaching is that we are physical existence. We're in physical existence to learn and understand that our energy translated into feelings, thoughts and emotions causes all experiences and there are no exceptions. So what was it particularly about Seth's teachings that resonated with you? I think originally, Diane, even though, you know, the concepts all new, but it just mm -hmm. resonated so much to a very deep part of me, even though at, at the beginning, I couldn't understand so much of the material, but mm -hmm. I think it's, it's taught me to take responsibility for my life now, uh, Diane, because I know how it's uh, how it works now, and uh, I've had a hand in creating everything. So you can't blame other people or anything else. So, um, but it's it's been such a joyful experience in a sense, because I've always wanted to know how how, how do things happen in your life? Yes. And I think that really opened up the biggest door ever for my for my understanding. Do you think it's very different then from the Hindu teachings that you grew up with? Well, slightly, because in the Hindu, the, everything's put you onto God, isn't it? The everything God does everything for you and um, everything happens through that. But in this instance, it's, it's a slightly different that you take a lot of responsibility yourself and uh, you initiate. Uh, what do you need to learn in any given lifetime? You initiate the people you're going to be with. All that mm -hmm. is slightly different uh, in, in this instance. So if we, <clears throat> for instance, if we practice positive thinking, because people would say, um, okay, so so if I just think a different thought, I'll create a different reality. Does, it, does positive thinking, for example, does this directly shape our reality with our conscious mind? It does a lot, it, a lot of the time, Diane, but we also got to understand that uh, whatever we are thinking, there's a reason for that thought. Where, where does those, th those thoughts come from? We are not sort of um, at the mercy of just this life, you know. All time, as you know, is happening all now. And all the lives we, we've ever had, they're all happening now. And those lives have an effect on us now at, in this day and age. So we're not just... Um, living this just one life there are other lives affecting us as well so when you say okay i'm just going to be positive all the time it doesn't always work because whatever no. happened in your life in the past is going to keep on coming up till you find out exactly why you're thinking those thoughts and where have they come about and we are actually taught in these books exactly what you can do about uh, changing those thoughts right i mean it totally makes sense to me susha mm -hmm. because <clears throat> I mean, certainly as, as a practitioner and, and, and following meditation for the last sort of 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. I, I definitely know how being in the state of, of calm mind, body, spirit, being connected with, with our internal kind of feelings and emotions, how it affects us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it does have an impact in our life when we're in a, in a kind of more relaxed Ooh. state of being. Absolutely. It has an impact our physical and mental well-being but what I'll just say is, is things that have occurred through the process of thinking about the interview that 
what if someone says to you then, okay, well, what if we contract a disease? Let's consider that it's a coronavirus disease, a virus, and we become ill in, in whatever way. Is part of that because we've held on to concepts, thoughts, feelings that have been unhelpful about illness and health? I mean, is there other factors involved or does that contribute to that? Definitely, Diane, it does. Right. Very much so. And how? And tell us about that. Tell us how that really helps. Uh, has, and, yeah. Uh, um, actually, uh, Seth talks about the viruses and uh, actually I wanted to uh, read something out that he, uh, that he says about it. Mm -hmm. Now, the viruses and infections are, of course, present. They always are. They are themselves fragments, struggling small fragments with intention of no harm. You have your general immunity, believe it or not, to such viruses and infections. You ideally inhibit a plane uh, with them without fear. It is only when you give tacit agreement that harm is, is inflicted on you. So whatever happens, even this virus, you know, there's, we have a hand in this. When we think mm -hmm. negative thoughts like, oh, helplessness and frustration, that's, yeah. when, that's when things start to go um, a bit pear-shaped. This is why we need to keep our, um, uh, keep our thoughts uh, really positive. Thoughts like... So, uh-huh. So, yeah, carry on, carry on, Susha. Yeah, I'm just going to say, it's, it's, it's the thoughts like um, when you're feeling uh, really down, etc. and I have all this written down here, and I'm thinking I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read this out to you. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Now, what, what brings our immune system down, Diane? Because our body has its own self-regulating system, which is the immune system. So thoughts like helplessness, frustration, powerlessness, sense of despair and disillusionment, all these feelings, remember feelings are very important to us, and this is what drags our immune system down. So when you feel capable, confident, you get encouragement, you feel empowered, you feel enthusiastic, just feel the energy. You you work with energy, Diane. Just feel the energy yeah. in those words. There's a certain words that really drag you down, and then there are other words or feelings, much more so, that really empowers you. And I think this is why I like the Seth material so much, because he talks about empowerment. And it has empowered me so much. This last, I think, 10 years that I've really been working with this. And this is what I want to bring across to the people that I work with that your thoughts matters, how you yes. think, how you believe, believe it actually matters. It matters to us physically, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Yes. I think as well as this <clears throat> expansiveness of thought, isn't mm. it? The, the power within our mind, within our thoughts. Yes. Um, when we're in a state of expansion and positivity and joy, mm. We feel great, yeah. you know, there is this connectiveness with, with everything, with ourselves, with our cells, with the mm -hmm. body. When we're in a depressive mood, when we're fearful, when we're in our ego, we contract, don't we? Our, our breathing shallow, we, we contract inwards. It's kind of like, it's a shell, isn't it, that we put around ourselves to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, would you agree that having said all of that there are factors that occur in life that we cannot always fathom no, 
Sure. And it's how we respond to the situations that present themselves that either empower or disempower us. Would you agree, Sashia? Absolutely, Diane. As I said, you know, uh, what's happening in this life, that's not the whole story. We have actually chosen the issues that we're going to work with with any given lifetime. So the people that, that are around us, the issues that we're working on, these are the issues that I think this is specific to Seth, things like this. So, and when you think that, okay, I initiated this, I've, I've, I've come down here for this reason and purpose, then then you work at a different level with these things, isn't it? Whatever dis-ease you have about things, whatever issues you have in life, you try to understand them more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They don't just happen to you, you know that you've initiated them for a reason and a purpose. And... Um, and you look at it in a different way then? I don't always think that we know the reason why things happen. I think that there are biological process and processes involved that we always don't understand, such as the DNA and our hereditary disposition to certain diseases and cancers and dementia and Huntington's, etc. These are just a couple of things. And factors um, such as the um, experiences that we have growing up and our exposure, they say, scientific studies have looked into the exposure of microbes in um, childhood. Now then, so if that's the case, does it, is it how we kind of, how, how, when we're presented with something like an illness and we're told that we have this disease, this illness, it's how we go forward with that. If we become so stressed about it, the symptoms of stress can actually be more detrimental to our immune system than the disease itself. Therefore, we effectively become lowered down in immunity and perhaps even, you know, succumb to the disease. Alternatively, we can approach it with a very more positive attitude and alternative attitude and look at ways to empower ourselves and our immune system to boost the immune system and radically change the way that we get better. Do, do you agree with that? Most of it I agree with that. Now, you see, I'm coming from the Seth material is unique in that sense that he doesn't, he okay. doesn't believe that uh, we take anything on as, um, as coming from our parents or, uh, or anything like that. It's, he believes that you have chosen everything now, I'll, I'll tell you another instance who, who else believes this. is somebody called uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Bruce uh, Lipton. Now, he is a stem yes. cell uh, scientist. And he's actually proving Wonderful, yes. that it's all thoughts and beliefs. Now, he is alive in this day and age, and he has proven that, that you don't just uh, come down with anything. Um, uh, it's, it, it's all because of what you believe now. This isn't Seth saying that. I mean, Seth said that a long time ago, but he has proven that in his laboratory that everything that happens, it's a book he's brought out called The Biology of Belief. He's a very well, uh, and at yes. the minute he's quite vocal about these viruses as well, how, how, yeah. they, how they happen and, uh, and what we can do about it. But, uh, you know, it's, again, I'm, I'm going to come down to belief. Yes, obviously, you've got to um, listen to your doctors. You've got to listen to the scientists here. But keep an open mind for other information yes. coming as well. You know, the God energy, God, whatever you want to call it, is not dead. It's, it's live and kicking. And there's more new information coming in all the time. And the scientists are well aware of all these things. 
you know yourself, I mean, they keep on changing the theories. One day it's okay for us to eat two eggs, and the next day, oh, no, no, we mustn't eat the th two eggs at all. Just one egg would do for a week. They change their minds all the time. So this information is coming from uh, a multi-dimensional multi um, teacher. And I suppose because it yeah. got to me at a certain deep level, you know, and I daren't read these books at night because I stay awake all night because I'm just so yeah. energized by the material because yes. something in that and that material just rings home for me then and it's not the easiest book to read because they're very challenging books to read they challenge you intellectually as well as psychically so I haven't it hasn't been an easy write but because I think it gets to me at such a level that I just can't put it down so it's, it's, it's an experience for everybody to um to, to see for themselves how, how this actually works you have to experiment this with this you know you can't just say i'm i'm not just saying this oh yes you know it works because it, it, it feels i worked with this i know it works and this is why i thought i want to teach this to people because i want to empower people we, we rely so much on doctors and things and look what's happened with this epidemic how often can we go to the doctors the a and e's that they normally have like three hours waiting list there's hardly anybody there. People didn't go there. So we are learning to uh, empower ourselves. We're learning to uh, look, look, look to ourselves uh, by our own means. And this, these books, I think, made me uh, aware of how much we can do ourselves for ourselves. Well, there is a science behind oh, yeah. it as well yeah. that um, proves the quantum That's physics, right. proves that the entire entire universe is really a collection of molecules vibrating at different frequencies and vibrational levels mm -hmm. and that matter isn't solid at all and it makes the concept for me anyway I, I feel but being able to create our reality more understandable but it's about personal responsibility mm -hmm. I feel I think you're right Sushil I think the world of present is is a very unstable place in many many factors but particularly interestingly in the health aspect of, of the disease, the virus and all of these things. And what's happening is, is that there is a surgence of, of people who are coming from many um, alternative backgrounds that are coming empowering people to say, hang on a second, you know, this, it's not the, the, the complete picture. It's not the, the total reality. And I love what the Buddhist said, that what you think you become, what you feel, you attract and what you imagine you create. And I think that, I mean, we have to try and test theories, which is where scientific um, involvement and advancement com comes in very much. But I think that, you know, within us is a storehouse of emotional memory, atomic memory, cellular me memory, all of these aspects within us that are in touch with consciousness, and with the universe, and we do have the answer, but often we are sidestepped because of media and, you know, the, the, the governments and the political and ideologies and things that take us away from our empowerment. So I think it seems that it's quite important for us, isn't it, at this point in our history to really maybe begin to notice what is our internal belief saying to us? What do we actually really believe? Do you think? We don't look enough to or the way we think, what we believe. Now, I like this material because it actually shall show you exactly how we create this reality. 
in the more the four main attributes of our uh, how we create is our thoughts, beliefs, desires, and expectations. I mean, we think all the time. There's no time at all when we can't think or we don't. And beliefs, we have belief with everything, don't we? We have any time you want to talk mm -hmm. to anybody about beliefs, everybody has a belief for something. And desires, we can't live with a desire either, can we? An expectation was a really strange one for me because I'm thinking, maybe expectation. But the more I look at it, the more I see this expectation has a hand in everything as well. And there are so many people who think, oh, well, if I don't expect the best, I won't be disappointed. I mean, how, how negative is that, you know? But so we should always, in the face yes. of adversity, always expect the best. But it's these, these attributes, you know, it's like um, our emotions and our attitudes and feelings. You know, we have these all the time. We are born with these, you know. So why do we think that they don't matter? Why do we think that we can think and do whatever we like and it's not going to affect us? It doesn't apply, does it? Well, I've got I've got a question mm -hmm. that that comes in. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, obviously, from the Hindu teachings and upbringing that you've had personally, mm -hmm. Sushil, and you've talked a little about karma, and I've said about you know we come in, you know, if you think about it as a clean slate, a child is born in the world doesn't have a sense of itself in terms of it. You know, is it shy? Is it outgoing? Um, you know, does it like jazz music? Does it love punk rock? You know, it's just a little clean slate. And yet, as the child is born within that socio-economic situation, it develops along that path. Okay, so now then within the family, both you know both children have the same upbringing, and one one has great health and the other has ill health. What what would you say is going on? Because clearly there is many many forces involved, many factors involved but you here. Diane, that this is a, a soul being born. A soul has chosen a life. That soul, before it was even born, yeah. it chose its parents, because the issues it needed to work in any particular right. lifetime, it would obviously depends on those parents, on the environment that he was born. I mean, look at me. I was born in India, and I was about ten when I came here. So sometimes I feel I'm like half half. You know, part of me is still in there, you know. Yes. <laughs> another part, another part, I feel quite westernized. Okay. So it's like I feel cut off kind yes. of a, but there's a reason for that, isn't it? You know, I need to kind of maybe bring both the cultures together in myself for that, isn't it? So when a child is born, you know, yes. you say it's a clean slate, but is it a clean slate? That child, that no. child has an agenda <laughs> and we all have that agenda inside of us. We all have a reason and purposes for being born. And we all matter, you know, whatever whatever we come here to do, whether it's to be a great scientist or whether it's to be a bus driver, whether it's to be a chef, you know, whatever we come here to do, it all matters. We are like a massive jigsaw puzzle, the whole world. And every little piece matters. So a child is not, I'm sorry, a child is not, it doesn't come with a clean slate. It comes here for a reason, for its own purposes. So then does that mean it's predetermined some of the things, the factors that are involved in that soul's progression will need to face those things that, that they're predetermined, but ultimately the soul is always returning back to consciousness and love. So it's how we actually uh, react and how responsive we are to the, the conditions and the circumstances that we're faced with rather than it being the circumstance itself. It's almost as if, 
it's how we respond is I the most that, important. Yeah, I think how we, we see respond. What I mean. And then because whatever agenda that we have come as within us, it's going to come out and it's going to show its colours, isn't it? So sometimes sometimes we respond mm -hmm. in a way and you think, oh gosh, I, I didn't like the way I responded there. And it makes you think, doesn't it? So it makes you think, why did I respond to something like this in that particular way? It's all a learning process, isn't it? And we think, sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing completely with you. And I think, but I think there is so many dimensions um, to it. And I think the Seth material is absolutely wonderful. Um, absolutely wonderful. I think um, it's 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 learning to to understand what what we have in our own lives. Um, but I feel sometimes if someone was listening and, and said, well, why would I create something that I that's that I'm suffering from? I and mean, why would I do that knowingly? You know, what would we, you say? As I said again, you know, uh, we have this outer ego, but we also have this inner self as well. And we create for our reasons of understanding yeah. and development. I mean, this isn't the only life that we've had or will have. And whatever we've come to learn uh, at this particular point is something that we need for our own development. Some people come here very poor and maybe they need to learn the value of money or they need to learn to value themselves. There's so many issues in this and especially with people uh, who are ill, etc. I think if you learn to go within and if you learn to tune into yourself, into your own entity, into your own inner self, you can get these answers. Yes. Nothing is uh, nothing is um, a, a secret from you. You know, it's your own self, and this you don't uh, need to be fearful of your own self. You can even. So tell us about your your teaching, your mind body connection, and obviously, really important is how we can best take care of ourselves and with your expertise of experience what are the key things what what is it you teach tell us about that i think that, i really want people to be empowered and learn to look after themselves now this isn't the only book i've combined the material from uh, two authors and the other author that we haven't really mentioned yet is deb shifero and the book i came across was uh, it was originally called the body mind workbook but it's been updated now to uh, Your Body Speaks Your Mind. And that was a book I worked with originally, Diane, because it's um, whatever is happening in your life, obviously it's, it's going to help us, it's going to affect us, isn't it? Whether adversely or in a good way. But normally, if it's in a good way, well, we don't really care, do we? But when it makes us ill or something, then you think, why me? How, how did this yeah. happen? And this book is an amazing book that I worked with to keep myself healthy uh, mentally and physically it actually works on your body and once you know what the issue is then it sort of helps you long so you can work out on the mental uh, side to help heal your body and it has it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, i think you've probably seen this book um, it's, it's a bit like that louise a one uh, but this, this is your body speaks your mind. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing how your body uh, does speak our, our mind. But we don't listen. Because we've, we've never been taught to, yeah. to listen, yeah. really. have we? We've never been taught that. But our body is so um, intelligent. And if we just listen to our body, we can, we can listen and we can heal. Body can actually heal itself if we could just get out of its way. 
But because we think so many negative thoughts yes. at times, we don't really let uh, let the body get on with its own work. But this is an amazing uh, work. It's uh, Deb Shapiro, Your Body Speaks Your Mind. And I would definitely highly recommend that to anybody um, who wants to look after their uh, health by themselves. Because it is doable. I've done it. It is doable. That's great. And and what about um, your classes? Who who are the people that you would... Um you know can anyone attend your oh, classes yeah, uh-huh. um, um, I started this three years ago uh, Diane I never thought I would keep it up for this long because I just wanted to help people to be able to you know help themselves basically so I've got two groups happening at the minute I've got an um, advanced group that they've been with me for three years now and I've just done four sessions with um, a new group uh, beginners sessions anybody can any age I've had girls up to thir- from 13 to people up from 70 or whatever you know as long as you're open to new material and open to sort of, um, and people love being in a group, you know. I, I did think of doing some online, and uh, but uh, people, I like being in a group, and people like being in a group, being able to talk to each other, to see each other and ask questions. Yeah. So I will, my uh, advanced group is ongoing at the minute. So after this is over, we probably will resume again. But the beginners one, they actually wanted me to do more sessions with them. So yes, everything uh, as, as for anybody that you know wants to attend, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. That's wonderful. So I really appreciate you coming Thank on today. You, Thank you I've very much indeed, Sushil. Thank you for joining us this morning for a wonderful topic. If you'd like to hear more about Sushil and her work, you can email her at sushil.bazadev at gmail.com or alternatively find her on Facebook on the page entitled Does Your Body Speak Your Mind? Please join me next time on another Morning Elixir Breakfast Show.